We were um, here a couple of months ago. I don't know if you remember October, kind of the big weekend, candidating weekend. Um, we are meeting you. We are preaching. Um, you are meeting our family. And one of the things that um, happened is, um, maybe if you have small kids, you remember back to that day, is we were driving around, and um, our, our middle daughter had just been going, going, going. And she hit the car seat, and she fell asleep, right? And so you're going somewhere, and you're like, well, what do we do? Like, what's more? Do you just get to your destination, or you let her sleep? Uh, so we let her sleep, and as we were driving around that weekend, um, Ellie piped up from the back, which is our oldest daughter. She's eight. And on a, on a, on a you know, we didn't coach her or anything, and she just said, Dad, I think we can live here. I really like it. It's pretty. The people are really nice. And I, I, think, um, I think we should, we should move here. Uh, and my dad heart, as I looked at Ashley, like I gave her that glass. I was like, what did you say to her? She's like, I didn't say anything. Right? And so we're driving, and Ashley and I are just like thinking about that. And then uh, Gwen wakes up, and we're kind of really excited that she has woken up because now it means that we are, you know, ready to get to our destination. And as we're driving there, I'm not kidding you, Gwen just pipes up and says, Dad, I don't know, uh, but I really like it here. I really like it here. I think we should move here. I know it'll be sad to miss our friends, but we will make new friends. And I tell you that story not because I think it's cute. I tell you that story because one of the things that was a deep conviction to our heart that maybe you don't know is that as we were coming out here, one of the things that we got to the place where our girls uh, can um, tell their feelings and share how they feel about things, and we wanted wanted them to be affirming in this move. We wanted them to believe that God was calling us here, and that if they didn't say yes, we probably would have said no. No matter how good the weekend went, we would have said no. Because we believe that as a family that we are in this together, And so in that driving, in that affirmation, before we had even preached, before the vote had even happened, our hearts began to settle, that our kids could see this as a place that God was calling them to. And the rest was history. We preached, we went home, we said yes. And as we were saying yes, I looked at my wife one day and I said, are we crazy? And she said, yes, we absolutely, utterly are. And I said, why? Because this is the thing, I get called here, but I said, Ashley, why do you keep doing this? When will you stop doing this? And she goes, I will do this always, as long as we are following God and we're doing it together. Can I tell you, church, that the reason like, I get these stories and I share these stories is because when we get down the road and when we start to question things that are happening, what I want to tell my girls is the story of God that's been actively involved into their life, that they have been choosing to be devoted to God and to us as a family before they even recognized it. I want to share these stories that God is working in their lives before they even say yes to him. And church, that is where we are landing. As we end this series to boldly go, we need to be people that are devoted to God and devoted to each other. That we actually believe that we are better when we're in it together. And so church, This morning, if we say, if we're going to end this, if we're going to boldly go and we're talking about being dwellers of the word, being in the kingdom, participating in the kingdom identity and culture, then we need to be people that do it together. We believe that we are better together, that we are better with you than without you. This is the truth 
of God's Word. So I ask that you would, if you have a Bible in hand um, or on your phone, grab it. Take a look at it. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. The words, if you're on, on, watching from home, will be on the screens as well. It says this. They joined with the other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, sharing in the Lord's Supper and prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. As the disciples performed many miracles and signs and wonders, and they all the believers met together constantly and shared everything that they had. They sold their possessions, shared the proceeds of those for, with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in the homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, the Lord added to their group those that were being saved. So Jesus, in this moment, Jesus has died, was buried, had been risen from the grave, and had then risen into the heavens, had left the, his best friends, the disciples, together, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. The Holy Spirit has come. Pentecost has arrived, and all of a sudden, people are speaking in tongues and languages that were made up of those that had pilgrimaged to them. And after this, after the Holy Spirit had birthed the church, the first thing, what do they do? What should they do? They devote themselves to the Lord's teaching and to the fellowship. Like they devoted themselves, like my kids, they devoted themselves to God and to each other. That they had decided that we are better together than we are apart. We are better together. And so they gathered together for the Lord to, to, to over the uh, apostles' teaching, the Lord's Supper, and a prayer. And that word devoted, that, that word devoted, which you see on the screen, it's, it's giving fully or a large part of your time and resources to something or to someone. Like, think about that. We're all here devoted to something. Like, I am devoted to my wife. Not just as a hope she stays there. I'm devoted to her. I give fully my life and, and to my kids and a large part of my life to them. To them. If devotion, and we talk about what does it mean to be devoted in fellowship to one another. Like, where are we spending our time? Where are we spending our resources? And it's funny to think at this day and age when our greatest resource is probably our time, our question that Jesus asked to us, what are you doing with your time? Who are you spending it? Where are you spending it? As disciples who are uh, marked and patterned and formed by God, by Jesus and the word, the question that we look at today is are we like the disciples? Are we like followers of the way who devote ourselves, our time and our resources to God and to one another? Where are we spending our time? What defines our fellowship? What is our first move? Is it towards Christ as Christ's first move was towards us and towards his uh, fellow um, disciples and to those around in his community, what is our first move? What are we giving ourselves fully or in large part to? But church here and online, hear me. This is not 
and should not be a burden or a weight that you're feeling like, man, I've come here and I'm going to walk out and I'm going to have to add something more or to get you to sign up something too. Can I tell you that's not it? Because our devotion, our devoted to one another means that we are better together. We really honestly believe that we are better together, that we are devoted in our fellowship to one another. Because really that devoted could be said this way. Right, that my relationship with my wife and my kids isn't just an unemotional transaction of time and resources. I love them. I'm loyal to them. Like that devotion is in both feeling, both in my heart and in my head, a choice that I've made. I love them. I'm devoted to them. But then that part of fellowship, right? What does it mean to be in fellowship with one another? Well, it means that this intimate process of sharing oneself. Like it's one thing. Has anybody done this before? Like you felt like you've been in the room with someone. They're giving you their time or their resources, but they're not in the room. Anybody? Right? Kids, is that sometimes our parents? Like that's me sometimes. Like kids, go away, watch a show. I just need to be something else. Right? I mean, we're honest. But that fellowship means is I'm just not participating and giving you my time and resources I'm sharing myself. So what does that equal? If we're devoted in our fellowship, it means that we believe that we're better together, that we are lovingly setting aside a t- time aside to share our lives with one another. We're devoted to fellowship, that we're devoted to one another, that we honestly, critically are convinced. And I'm not trying to convince you I've already been convinced that we are better together, that we are better with you than without you. This is why we choose to have fellowship together, because it naturally flows from who Jesus is. Jesus was the most devoted to fellowship. He gathered together his disciples. He gave them their time and their resources and them their time and resources to Jesus. And they decided to share oneself with them. Jesus took them to the Garden of Gethsemane to see him crying out, pouring out, praying. They got to see him uh, heal, raise the dead. They got to share his life with him. They traveled together. They ate together. They roomed together. For years. It's what they did. It's because they loved each other. They absolutely loved being in the room with each other. So then, if devoted fellowship is the first thing the disciples do, what do we do? Like, where are we and what are we doing here? Like, why are we here? Like, we told you, like, the why. Like, we are devoted in fellowship. But what does that look like? What do the disciples do? They did three things as we look in Scripture today. And the first thing that they did after Pentecost is they devoted themselves to gathering together in worship. Like they routinely were in that habit of gathering together to form by the word, to share in the Lord's Supper, the sacrament, and to praying. They devoted themselves, they were marked by gathering consistently together. There is power in the gathering together as the body of Christ. We are in the habit, in the commitment to being together. There is power in this. This is not just a ritual to which we come to and then we depart from. They were encouraged. 
They were lifted up. Our gathering together is a place not only where we come together to be devoted to one another, but we are encouraged, we are formed, we are gathered to say, everybody that's in this room, we're better with you. Because Jesus says, I want you here too. The reason we gather isn't just this transactional on our schedule that we kind of have to do it. What it does is we get filled up, encouraged, and then thus are able to go out into the world that this is not just something that we're devoted to for a couple hours. Let me tell you this. Devoted fellowship that defines us as a church better not be held within the two hours that we're here. Can I say that? Let me, let me say it again, if you didn't hear it. To be devoted in our fellowship, to be devoted to God and to each other, the fullness of our devotion and fellowship cannot be felt just in these two hours. That's not devoted fellowship. Trust me, my family is going to leave quickly and return probably back to Connecticut if my devotion and the fellowship lasts two hours a week. It doesn't happen. It doesn't exist that way. Their gathering together was so formational, so encouraging that they went out. They were different because they were marked by being together, by worshiping together, by centering themselves around Jesus and around God who had done all these incredible things but said, it's better that I leave and send the Holy Spirit to guide you. They will know it's true by our gathering together and our love for one another, our devotion towards one another. This is why we say we need to be in the habit of gathering together weekly so that as the world looks and say, yes, they're in the habit of gathering together. And what happens in these two hours marks them. And so when they leave, something else changes. My question to myself Do these two outers actually change anything? Why are we here? Is it so good to be together in fellowship with one another, in fellowship with Jesus, that we absolutely go out and be like, man! Like we did at, at, at midwinter. Man, there's space at this table. Come, 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 come. Come to our gathering. It is so good. These are the most devoted people I've ever met in my entire life. Because they love each other. They give their time and their resources to one another. It matters that we gather. It absolutely utter, utterly matters that we gather together in this space. Because then what happens? As they devoted themselves into worship, that's not the extent of their gathering, of their devoted fellowship to one another, that they believe that they are better together. That if we are going to be devoted in our fellowship, it means that we must be people that gather around the table and at the temple. Like, what are you saying? Like, at the table, clearly, they shared meals with one another, with graciousness, with generosity, that they gather around the table at their homes and said, come, I want to be with you. Like, we've been together worshiping God, and I'm so enamored at the community that we're creating, and I want to see more of you. I want to know more of your story. I want to be in fellowship, sharing my life with you. And so if a big part of my life is the place that I lay my head, please come and be at my table with me. But they were also the temple. 
The temple was the gathering of a place for, for um, Israelites. It was a place that they go where they knew if you wanted to go find somebody and that something was happening, you went to the temple. Like, where in our area today is the things that if you're like, man, I want to go find that person because I just, they won't, they're ghosting me. Where are you going that you know they're going to be there? Are they going to be at the new restaurant? At the coffee shop? At the brewery? Right? Are they going to be, you know, when it gets nice, are they going to be outside hiking? You know where they go. And so you're like, hey, I'm going to go find them. Like, not in that creepy way. I might do that. <laughs> you might be like, how does Austin always find me? I will find you. <laughs> like, I'm just kidding. But what is that place where you're going and you're saying, like, what is our devotion find? Is our devotion only to then, like, say, yeah, we're devoting our fellowship to being here for two hours a week, but that's it. Where are you, Mark, that we believe we're better together and say, like, hey, can you come into my house? Can you come into my space? Hey, can we go and can we gather elsewhere? Can we gather where people are at? And then together, like, I really want to be where everybody's at. I want to be in the room where everything's happening, but I want to do it with you. This tells me that there's no place for Lone Ranger Christianity. If you're a Lone Ranger Christian, whether in this room or online, I'm going to ask you to take a deep dive into this. Call me and tell me where you find a Lone Ranger Christian that exists outside of a devoted fellowship. I don't know anybody. Or I know people that have tried, and guess what? It doesn't work. That being devoted as a follower of Jesus doesn't mean you're devoted to Christ. That you're devoted to the body of Christ. So much so that it exists out of this room. Are we gathering together? Are we saying that what marks us as a community, actually, not what we say, but are, is the world watching us? Is the world around us watching us to say, they are not only marked by gathering together for a couple hours on Sunday, or maybe a couple other times during the week here at this place, but they gather together, they go together. Do we gather and go together? Do you? Because if we believe we're better together, that means we will have people at our table and at the temple. We will gather. We will go. And lastly, at the end, lest you miss it, that as all these things were happening, as they were gathering together, as the people around them were watching them, as the Roman occupation was watching them operate in their worship together, in their gathering at homes, and gathering at the temple, and the places of meeting, in their third places, what happened? They enjoyed the goodwill of all people. Man. That also means that if we believe that we are better together, then we are better with the nuns, the not yets, and the never will be's. That has to be a deeply rooted conviction in us. You want to know why? Because I once was one of those nuns not yet's and never will be's. And Jesus offered me a place into the family, a place at his table to gather, to go together with him. And he said, Austin, I am better with you than without you. 
Church, in our gathering together at worship, in when we gather at our homes and our temples and the places that we go, we will engage with people, with neighbors, with our community, with strangers that will be watching us know our affiliation and our devotion and our apprenticeship to Jesus. And we will enjoy goodwill because we are devoted to one another, even the nuns, the not-yets, and the never-will-be's. You were once the nuns, the not-yets, and the never-will-be's. And you were offered a seat at the table. I actually believe those that aren't here yet, we are lacking without you. We are missing part of the body that doesn't allow us to function the way we should. I honestly and utterly believe it. And if you believe, like you've been coming here, you've been a part of this community, you're watching online from wherever you're at, and you feel like the body of Christ is a place that you don't belong, come, lean in closer with me. Because I want to be a follower of Jesus that actually lives this out, that actually believes that we are better with you, even though you don't want to be affiliated with us yet. I love this church. God called us here. I love Mark. I love Nancy. I love our staff. I think this is an incredible place to be, to grow, to gather together. But if it's just us, we're not devoted followers of Jesus. We're devoted followers to something that exists outside of Jesus. So our hope and our prayer as we're called to go boldly this year is I want to say that we are better when we are together. Here in this place, outside, when we gather and when we go, and that I believe to the very core of my being that we are better with those that are not here yet. Your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. I pray that they watch and see, they taste and see that the life that you're living is actually good. Because they watch the community that develops, that's devoted to one another. We start giving of our time and our resources to one another. And that we enjoy our fellowship. We actually like to gather together and to be around each other. To share the intimacy of ourselves with each other. That means the good, the bad, the ugly. We really love to be together and in a season in a world where we are probably further apart than we've ever been, whether in proximity or in that feeling, can I say anybody who's in this room or online that says, you know, I might be in close proximity, but I've never felt further away from the person that I'm sitting next to. I pray that that changes for us, that we are devoted to being better together, to being better with you than without you. We're going to be a community that walks together, that talks together, that lives together, that shares the real bones of life together. You're invited to do it with us. Because I promise, when you get on the other side of being devoted in fellowship together, not only does it make this place feel like home, but it's a place that other, other people want to call home. That's who we are. That's who we will be. That's where we're going boldly. Would you pray with me? Father, my greatest fear is that I step off this stage and nothing changes. So God, in me and in us, being 
molded and being shaped to something that is not currently us is going to feel unnatural. But you know that. Jesus, that though you were God, you came into the form of human flesh, something that wasn't natural for you. And you lived among us. You live the life that we are always supposed to live. Sinless, perfect, in total unconditional love. Total acceptance of right where we are into a community that's not perfect, but it's imperfectly perfect. It's a bunch of misfits finding their place with the Father. who smiles at them. God, can we... I ask that. I want to be. God, I don't know if we will be. You got to do the work that you can do. And God, we promise to do the work that we are called to do. In us, through us, and around us, God, would you change us? We ask this in your name.